The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. If you want to know more information about Christ Universal Temple, you can go online to www.cutemple.org. That's www.cutemple.org. And find out about our better living ministry. Now, today is the last day of the book, Open Your Mind to Prosperity. I've been teaching this book by Catherine Ponder for the last couple of months, and I think that it has been beneficial. I've gotten some responses from some people, some emails, some inboxes to my Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell Facebook page, and I hope that it's been beneficial in a way that helps people get practical information that they can use to help better their lives in the context of prosperity uh, immediately because we know as we change our thinking, we change our lives. I'm still playing with in my head um, what I'm going to do before, you know, for these few weeks before the Christmas break. I haven't decided yet. Um, So you can check with my Facebook page probably by Friday or Monday of next week where I'll post you know, what I'll be teaching until we take the uh, Unity Online radio takes its Christmas break. Um, you know, but 
that doesn't mean you don't stay plugged in. You don't still listen to the show or the shows on Unity Online Radio. Do your reading. Do your work. Because I'm teaching these books chapter by chapter so you can go back and reference them. You don't have to listen to the show once. You can go back with the book in your hand and work through the material. And then do your own prayer work and allow the indwelling spirit to reveal to you how to apply the material because I'm a facilitator of the material. I'm here to just help you activate the divine wisdom within you that knows what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. So I just want to make sure that that that's clear. Now, today's chapter is on prosperity through divine restoration. Prosperity through divine restoration. And I think that this is an important part of understanding prosperity because when people are dealing with learning how to deal with prosperity in general, one of the main things that come up is people are upset many times about the opportunities they feel as though they missed. People get upset because they want to make sure that they have an opportunity to restore what they feel as though they've lost. And the, the word restore in and of itself, where we get the word restoration, means to give back someone or something that was lost or taken, to return someone or something, to put or bring something back into existence or use, to return something to an earlier or original condition by repairing it, cleaning it, etc. So just from the standpoint of using those definitions, we need to recognize what restoration means. But I also want to add something to it that I think that's a little bit different than even the author's intent. True restoration, prosperity through restoration, is not necessarily restoring all good. It's becoming aware of what is present and available to you now. It's your transformed mind that creates new experiences. So we might view it as the restoration of something that was old, uh, an old idea, an old concept, an old business, uh, uh, old, you know, quote unquote health or relationships, etc. But it's really a new thing, even though we view it as an old thing. Because as scripture says, behold, I make all things new. So we perceive it as the restoration of the old. But in all actuality, factually, in truth, it is the bringing forth of what already is in the present. It's the newness of God. We perceive it as restoration. But in all actuality, it's that which was available at all times. And as we grow in our thinking and our feeling and our awareness and our consciousness and learn to accept the availability of God's good, and that's the key, the availability of God's good, because we say that God is omnipresent, which means everywhere equally present. That means God's good is everywhere equally present. And if God's good is everywhere equally present, and God's ideas of good are always here for us to use, and God's abundance is always available, depending on our level of understanding, 
That means that that which comes into our experience is just our comprehension, our understanding, our consciousness of the unlimited good of God. This is why, again, Reverend Coleman would say God doesn't know the difference between one penny and one million dollars. It's all substance. It's all substance. Now, back to the book. Now, I'm going to teach you as the author taught it, but I wanted to add that one little piece to it because I want to make sure that we're clear um, that God is always showing up as newness and freshness in every experience that we can accept. All right. She starts off the chapter, chapter 10, by stating one of the least known ways of demonstrating prosperity is that of dwelling on the idea of divine restoration. Then she goes down a couple of chapters, a paragraph. She says, mail that comes to me from around the world reveal reveals that the one writing usually feels his problem began because of some loss in his life. A former business executive who is now has financial and health problems, feels his troubles began when he lost his fiance to another man years ago. Unhappy woman feels that all her problems of ill health, financial lack, and personal unhappiness stem from the fact that she was born prematurely 50 years ago. And she goes on, et cetera, et cetera, loss of parents, you know, divorce or whatever. We have many different reasons why we think we're not succeeding in life. And after a while, we realize that the pain of our sense of loss or sense of lack or frustration, or I'm just going to use the word that's really the word that that's really supporting all of these beliefs, the fear. Many times I, I desire to be free from the fear, from the frustration, from the sense of lack or loss drives us to become more aware of spiritual answers. So in other words, we aren't suffering for suffering's sake, but sometimes suffering forces us to reevaluate life from a spiritual viewpoint and say, you know what? There might be some answers that I'm not looking at. And the desire to be free puts us on the search for a better understanding of God. So in a way, we can use the pain that we've been through to help us drive us because we want to be free to get a better awareness of God. If you feel as though there's an answer for your prosperity in God, then it's going to push you to that. If you think for your uh, spiritual answer, for your healing, for your health, you're going to, and you believe God is that answer is going to drive you to get a better understanding of God as health and healing, et cetera, et cetera. So people are reaching out to people like a Catherine Ponder and ministers, clergy people, practitioners, et cetera, all over the world because they believe that there's a spiritual answer, a spiritual solution to whatever they're dealing with. And if they can get that answer, they can restore they can renew, they can revitalize, they can resurrect their lives. Now, Catherine Ponder goes on to write, the thought of loss lodged in the conscious and subconscious phases of mind causes many 
perhaps most of life's difficulties. Mm. I'm going to call this our story. We have a story. We have things that we've experienced. And we have what we believe about those experiences. Belief is what we accept is true. Belief has nothing to do with factual truth. It's only how we perceive it, how we experienced it. As some of the people in the human developmental movements call it, how it occurs to you. So we need to be mindful that if we see life a certain kind of way, it can't show up any other kind of any other way because even when it tries to show up, our limited viewpoint of life won't see new opportunities, new possibilities of prosperity, of peace, of health, of love or anything else. Because we're, we're looking through our rose colored glasses that our story is telling us or dictating what is possible and not possible for us in our lives. So she goes on to say, and she talks about a lot of different people in this chapter. She uses a lot of stories. Uh, I'm not going to read all of them because I'm trying to get the point again. That's why I asked you to get the book yourself because it's important. But she does use an affirmation on page 156 that I think that is really good. She wrote, um, there is no loss in spirit. Now she talked about this person who lost an article. Uh, the original article was divine equivalent now manifests. Now this is a reminder spiritually that anything that is in spirit can't be lost because nothing can be lost in spirit because there's only one that's in spirit. And this is a good reminder to have in mind when we're dealing with a sense of loss. That could be a loved one that makes their transition or relationships that breaks up, uh, money, job or whatever. There's nothing lost in spirit. There's nothing lost in spirit. And as, and that could mean as one door closes, a new one and better one is opening up right now. So I'm, I'm walking only out of good to great. Moving on, page 156, she, she wrote, the word loss literally means destruction, and the thought of loss held in mind is certainly a destructive one. If you cling to the thought of loss, it will ruin your health, take away your prosperity, and destroy your peace of mind as well as personal happiness. Now, why is this important? Because as we focus on loss, what we have to recognize what we radiate mentally, we also attract. And we have to have the equivalent, the physical equivalent of what is happening in mind because our causation is mental. So as we're focusing on everything that could go wrong or everything that we perceive to be wrong or only on the problems or only on the breakdowns. And we never focus or put our attention on that, which we desire that, which we're grateful or thankful for. We never put our minds on that, which we want to lift up or praise. We never put our minds on that, which we want to learn what we want to develop, how we want to grow or evolve. If we never 
are present enough to enjoy the moments of love while they happen, then we have to then shift and experience the consciousness that we're consistently putting forth to divine law to reproduce in our experience. And I recognize that fear happens. And that's the reason why a lot of people get caught up in the thought of loss. Fear happens. And I know we're not robots. And I know at times we get emotional. And I know at times we feel disconnected. But we're never disconnected from God. And we're never disconnected from our good. And this is why an intellectual capacity of new thought alone sometimes just won't carry you through the the tougher times of emotional turmoil. We have to fortify the mind consciously by doing the prayer work, by doing the meditation work, and by contemplating, deep contemplation on that which we study. Just don't surfacely read a thing. Don't just surfacely function through life or go through life because you can turn life literally into your textbook when you know what to look for. When you start to analyze why things are happening in your experience, when you start to analyze how people react to certain situations, when stimulated with a particular type of energy, with a particular type of uh, choices or actions, how do people act? How do they react? What do they say? How do you act? How do you react? What do you say? It's paying attention. It's paying attention. Do I automatically go or default to a sense of loss or lack or break down when I see something that I don't like? What's my default? If a person comes to me with a particular type of energy, do I automatically get angry and defensive and put up my dukes mentally or sometimes physically? Because you can be strong and spiritual without projecting the energy that I want to whoop somebody. I'm just showing this to say, I'm saying this rather to say we have to eradicate this feeling because it's more of a feeling than it is a real thoughts of the loss. Because if something has been a part of your experience and it's now um, or is now not a part of your experience then many times we have to learn how to to appreciate whatever that experience was. And that appreciation allows space for the possibility of a new and greater experience. But if we can't appreciate, and you say, well, how can I appreciate crazy? How can I appreciate the bad? How can I appreciate whatever? She'll talk about it later on in the book because of nothing else. You made it through it. It developed you. You you learn some some sometimes challenging lessons, and it's gotten you to this point now, to where you can make some spiritual choices that empower you. 
Would you have preferred to go through them? I'm sure you wouldn't have. Would I have preferred to go through some experiences that caused me to really grow? I'm sure I wouldn't have. But it got me to where I am now. To where I can make different choices. Because I have grown. And I believe you have grown. So we're coming up on our first break. So I want to remind you, if you want to call into the show, you can call in at 773-5, about to get a church number, scratch that, 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. You can call in with questions or comments about the book, about the show. So we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. I'm Dr. Tom Shepard, host of Let's Talk About It on Unity Online Radio. In my studies of world religions, I've repeatedly encountered two central spiritual questions. How do we make sense of life, and how do we live it more successfully? You're invited to explore these two questions with me in my new book, The Many Faces of Prayer, How the Human Family Meets Its Spiritual Needs. You'll be amazed at the remarkable ways people have learned to pray to their gods and to celebrate life individually and as communities of faith. Learn more at unitybooks.org. This Christmas, recall the childlike joy of the holidays with The Wonder of Christmas, a new Advent booklet from Unity. Request or download your free booklet today at unity.org slash UOR Advent. The Wonder of Christmas supports your Advent journey with inspirational messages, scripture, uplifting stories, beautiful poems, and more. Download or request your free copy today at unity.org slash UOR Advent. That's unity.org slash UOR Advent. But hurry, Advent begins November 27th. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I want to remind you again that you can call in at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. If you want to make a comment or you have a question, this is the last week I'm teaching this book, so I want to make sure that I keep saying it so you have the opportunity to do it. Again, be reminded that this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give, go to unity.fm, 
click on the giving or donate button and help support this online ministry that's going all over the world. And as I said before, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you tithe to the place where you receive your spiritual food. That's where it should go. So um, I'm a big believer in that. Big believer. So back to the book. Oh, a couple other things real fast before we get back to the book. Um, if you, if this show is on iTunes and Stitcher, so Stitcher is the Android app. iTunes is obviously for Apple products. If you are listening to those shows on Stitcher or Android or the Stitcher or iTunes, make sure that you give it. If you, I'm requesting that you give it a five star rating, um, give a good review so people can be aware of it. The more reviews that it has and the higher the reviews, the more it climbs the charts, quote unquote, and it allows other people who might not be aware of the show to become aware of it so they can listen to it and they can get some of this good stuff as well. So please, if you listen to it on those shows, do do that. If you listen to it on unity.fm, please share the shows uh, as you see fit on your social media platforms. Um, email them to people that you think might benefit from the message or the messages of the show, we have to spread it out. The thing about it is we can't be uh, passive folks when it comes to transformation. If something is good, if something is beneficial, we need to make sure that the world knows about it. Bad news spreads so quickly, uh, whether that's um, violence or political nonsense um, you know, you know, reality TV stars and, uh, actors and actresses or singers, rappers and whatever, let something bad happen, athletes, and it'll get 100 times more press than something positive. And the reason why that happens is because that's a product of our, the culture that humanity has produced. We who have awakened to a, a different way of thinking, have a responsibility to spread truth. As Jesus stated, to whom much is given, much is required. So make sure that you're doing your part, Whether and that is not necessarily passing on my show. I think it helps, or other shows on Unity Online Radio. That helps. But make sure that, that you're being an active participant in the transformation of human consciousness. However, spirit leads you to do that, but take a stand for truth that not a stand for arguing or debating folks or trying to manipulate people or trying to twist people's arms to accept a message that maybe they don't want, but just show up, just show up. All right. Back to page 157. She wrote, a powerful way to overcome the thought of loss and its consequences is to remind yourself of this great truth. There is no loss in spirit. You cannot lose your good. When it seems you have lost your good, it is because your good has changed form. Remember that there can be no loss in any phase of nature. The elements of nature merely change their form. When your good seems to leave you to fly out the window, let it go. This is good you have outgrown. Then watch for new good 
to come in the door. So she uses a great metaphor to explain why this is important. Why this is so important. So I think it's important for us to recognize that we have a great opportunity to shift how we see it. She gives another prayer on page 157. There is no loss in spirit. I cannot lose my good. I have not lost my good. My good has simply changed form. I now welcome my new good, which comes to me in God's wise and perfect ways. My good is now divinely restored. My life is made beautiful again. That's key. That's key. And I think it's important to um, to recognize that you can be firm in your belief that God's good is always there. We need to be mindful of that. You know, uh, so I think it's important for us to recognize how have we allowed the belief in lack or loss to affect us, to affect our thinking? And we need to be mindful of that. So one of the things I want us to recognize right here and right now is as we study, as we study this book, Make sure that we that you're internalizing it, what she's saying, because what she's really doing with this book is trying to shift how we think about life. How we think about life completely. It's a different worldview to live in a lot in a world where you believe abundance and prosperity is possible. It's a different worldview. It's a different worldview. We need to be really mindful of that. So the book goes on to say that we can decree fulfillment. We can decree fulfillment. She uses the the the, the story of Joel, the book of Joel, 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 as we would say. On page 158, when she points out, he wrote, I will restore to you, meaning God's promise. I will restore to you the years which the swarming locusts have eaten. You shall eat plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never again be put to shame. The years which the locust has eaten symbolized those periods in your life that seemed empty of good or even filled with trouble. So when we have really processed that we can, through divine law, put some serious consequences on our lives through our Thinking, our feeling, our words, our actions and reactions that are not necessarily desired, but it's where we are in consciousness. The moment we come into a realization of spirit, need to recognize that spirit can bring wholeness even out of what we call chaos. 
even out of what we call chaos. In the book of Ezekiel, it is taught this way. I'll prophesy to the bones. Prophesy to the bones. So, what I want to do is take a little bit of time with this, but I need to take a quick, short break. So, let me take this quick break and we'll be right back with Truth Transform. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. of thousands of listeners like you have been transformed through the ministry of Paulette Pipe and her program Touching the Stillness one of the longest running programs on Unity Online Radio Paulette's latest album of guided meditations Blissful Stillness is a new and different experience 
The mystical quality of our beautiful voice will reverberate through a Zen-style meditation, a mudra meditation, which are yoga hand positions to deepen your practice, and guided meditations, which we know and love. It features a new instrumental sound by Kelly Hunt with a bonus track by Kathy Zavada. Experience a blissful immersion into quiet and stillness by purchasing your own copy at shop.unityonline.org. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. Before I uh, took the last break, I was talking about Ezekiel and the Valley of the Dry Bones. And I want to actually give you the scriptural reference and read it. It's found in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, beginning at verse 1. It states, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal? Can these bones live? I answered, Oh, Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinew on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you. And you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded. And as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. I looked and there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. 
Then he said to me, mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves. And I'm not going to read the rest of it because he just keeps going on and on and talks about how he's going to restore, 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 restore. So at times we have to look at how we're speaking to our situations. So when Catherine Ponder says decree fulfillment, Decree of fulfillment blots out loss. She's saying you got to speak the word to it. You have to speak the word to your seemingly dry bones. You have to speak the word to the dry bones of 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 illness, to the dry bones of poverty, to the dry bones of chaotic home experiences, to the dry bones of 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 a crazy work environment you have to speak now speaking to the dry bones and i mean walking up to somebody and saying words you have to speak the word to yourself over and over again 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 why because you have to make the shift yourself because we can't ask a person to make a real shift that we haven't made ourselves so that's the first thing and then once we make the shift then we see opportunities, we see possibilities, we get ideas how to, to how to make a thing better, how to improve it, how to transform it, how to flip the script. We'll get the insight needed and the skills and even the words to say many times to transform an experience. It also gives us a, a different radiation factor. What do I mean by that? I said earlier what, that which we radiate, we attract. So if I'm radiating from a different level of vibration, then that also means that through the law of attraction, I am drawing back unto me a different and new um, experience and people who are now more consistent with my vibe. That's how we restore. But we started by speaking the word. Are you willing to speak the word to your own life, your own wallet? Your own health, your own home. You have to speak the word. Because the word is only going to be reflective of what you're thinking and feeling. If you're unwilling to speak the word, it's because there's a mental block in the mind that's not allowing you to, to activate the power by speaking the word. That means there's something going on in the thinking and feeling. Because nothing can really come out of your mouth that's not in your mind. You know, people say, I don't know where that came from. It came from your mind. Where else could it come from? Anyway, back to the book. Page 159. She wrote, like the people of Joel's time, you probably think you have have the years that the locust has eaten. For you may have had years when you had no joy in living, no happiness, no peace. You may have had years of which you are ashamed. Most of us have. Those are years you would like to forget or run away from. But you cannot forget them until you first restore them to their rightful place in your own thoughts and feelings. They cannot be shut out. They must be mentally and emotionally restored. In other words, you got to get your mind in order. 
Charles Fillmore says that order in the revealing word is the divine idea. He says the divine idea of order is the idea of adjustment. And as this is established in man's thought, his mind and affairs will be at one with the universal harmony. So God is already in harmony. But we got to get our thoughts and our feelings in harmony with the truth that already is. And if we have issues and uh, if we're ashamed, if we're frustrated, if we're angry, if we're fearful or whatever it is about things that we've experienced in the past that has that those. The story, quote unquote, or stories will keep us out of alignment with God's present good. Or as Reverend Coleman would say. I don't forgive people for them. I forgive people for me because nobody's worth me being sick, broken, unhappy. So I'm adjusting my thought through forgiveness so I can walk in my blessings. That's what she taught. Now, she goes on to say, that is why they stay with you, meaning these stories. They they must be restored in your thinking as years of growth and learning and therefore years of good, regardless of appearances. Now, I'm not going to say that that's easy. It can be challenging at times to look back on things, especially when people have had physical things happen to them. You know, they've been, you know, assaulted, um, you know, you know, things of whatever the range of things that can happen with that family members, you know, murdered and things of that nature. That can be very traumatic. And I'm not trying to belittle any of those circumstances, people losing their, um, leaving here, making that transition early, like babies making that transition, very challenging. But we get to choose what it means to us, even in those experiences. And I know that's difficult for some people to hear, but we choose what it means. And, and it can impact you, you know, I remember someone saying to me one day, and um, you know, uh, uh, we were at a funeral, and it was a little girl that might have been three or four months old, and it looked like the casket looked like a, you know, you could put a Barbie doll in it, and it was difficult. And then you know, afterwards, you know, this wasn't a family per- member of that person when they were talking later. We talked later about that experience, not at the time, later, much later. And it says, it doesn't seem, now the person said, it's not right that people should die as babies. And, you know, and then went on a whole big explanation of why that should be the case. And said, Parents should never bury their children. And as a parent, I that would be very difficult for me. And I'm not going to lie and say that because I love my daughter dearly. But in the midst of the conversation, you know, because obviously we had some objectivity. This wasn't a you know, family member or us. We were going to support somebody we knew. I simply said, that's not how life shows up. And we can have our own preconceived beliefs of how we think life should show up. But it doesn't change how life shows up. In life, people get ill. In life, and people have health. In life, people show up and they, for whatever reason, experience poverty. 
In life, some people experience prosperity. In life, some people live to some, you know, people who, you know, seemingly don't add a lot of value to life. And I say seemingly because it's not for me to judge. Live to 98. And then some people live 90 minutes. At times, we create our stories about how we think life should show up. But it won't change how life shows up. Now, I'm not talking about life as the idea and divine mind. I'm talking about life experiences as lived. And we have to be mindful that if we are constantly encountering life based upon our stories, instead of recognizing that I have experiences, but I'm not my experience, that means that I can be spiritually centered and whole in any situation or circumstance then life will always topple us over because we have these preconceived notions of how it's supposed to show up. Yes, unfortunately, some people bury their children. Yes, unfortunately, people create and and create unnecessary wars. And yes, it happens that people are okay with people in Flint, Michigan, drinking water that's brown. Still, that hasn't changed, by the way. People are okay with it. Now, we can be a part of the transformation of that, of a lot of it. But our peace has to be determined, but our peace is determined by how we think and how we feel, how we perceive, how things occur to us. And I'm saying this in a larger context. To bring it back to prosperity, which is this, when situations and circumstances happen in your past that you are ashamed of or frustrated with or whatever, you have the ability to change the meaning of it and call it good only because you said, you know, it was a part of of growth and development and whatever. And I'm taking the power away from individuals, including my past self. To bring pain into my current world. That's the real power of it. Not saying it was. Quote unquote good literally. Not saying that it was. Something you would have preferred. Not saying that somebody didn't do real harm. Not saying any of those things. What it's saying is. I'm forgiving myself. I'm forgiving those individuals or that individual or that situation or that experience because I want to be free because I get to either keep my story or be free, but I don't get to have both. If I want divine restoration in my life, then forgiveness is going to have to be a part of it. If I want divine restoration in my life, I have to let go of the story. If I want divine restoration in my life, if I want freedom, then I have to give up the thoughts that are keeping me in bondage. Now, you might not have seen a person for 20 years, but the thought of that individual still has you in bondage. What they did. They're not in your life now. So they harmed you once and you keep harming yourself by keeping that individual and that experience alive in your mind. But you can be free now. That's the message of new thought. That's the message of the Jesus Christ teachings. 
You can be free now. You don't have to wait. You can be as free as your mind is willing to allow you to be free right now by shifting your attention away from the trouble and turning your attention to the presence and power of God that lives in you. And you don't have to know how to heal. If you allow your attention to be focused on the Christ in you, the Christ in you knows how to heal. You don't know how to transform. But if you put your attention on the Christ within you, the Christ in you will do the transforming. If You don't have to know how to do all of the steps of prosperity. But if you keep your mind focused on the Christ within you, the Christ within you will have ways that you know not of to prosper you. But we have to learn how to keep our attention off of the problem, off of the mistakes, off of the past, off of our guilt, off of our frustration, off of our fears, and keep it completely focused on God in you, God in me, God in us. And when we do that, something happens that allows the transformative power of God to restore. Or as Paul as it was revealed to Paul, my grace is sufficient. My grace. My grace is sufficient. Do we believe that? I live, yet not I, Christ lives in me. Now, you might say, well, I'm not a Christian. I listen to your show. I don't do the Christian terminology. Substitute the words. Because Christ is just God's idea of itself in you, not a person. It's the I am. That's all. But like the Apostle Paul wrote, I must die daily to the old sense of who I am, to the old beliefs, to the old stories, to the past, to my to my oversized ego. To my the mask that I put on to to hide my fears and frustrations, to hide my insecurities and doubts, and allow put my attention, my focus, my energy, and my emotion, my words, my actions and reactions all in alignment with the truth of God in me, which does the restorative work. I live. Not I, yet Christ lives in me. Let's be mindful of that, of what that means. God does the restoring. Like what was stated by, oh, I got a lot of chapter of this book I'm not going to finish, but oh well. As, as, as Joseph said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Even when you come to me with sideways, God will restore me. It's really understanding that this is the true step of prosperity. Keep your, Turn your attention. That's what repent means. Change your mind in Greek. In Aramaic, Jesus' language, it means to, to, to as, a, as a, a metaphor or idiom, make an about face. Turn around. Turn back to God. Stop doing what you were doing. Take your attention off of what you had it on and turn your attention back to God. About face. As they would say in the military. So, 
as we've now wrapped up this book, Open Your Mind and Prosperity, because I'm just going to stop here and recognize that whatever you needed to receive from the study of this book, you will. And somebody might be listening to this show well after I've taught this because stuff is just living, living on the Internet forever. Just recognize that you have the ability to prosper your life and transform. God bless you, and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. of spiritually conscious living start now for a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential tune in to the yoga hour living the eternal way with yogacharya ellen grace o'brien every thursday morning at 10 a.m central 8 a.m pacific only on unity online radio the voice of an awakening world You can choose to focus on what you perceive as lacking in your life, or you can change your outlook. You can become wise to wonderful ways of playing the game of life. Count your blessings. Instead of focusing on what you believe is missing, let yourself become aware of how truly blessed you already are. This is the way to build an attitude of gratitude. Give thanks for all of the abundance you're presently enjoying and for the abundance of every good thing that's on its way to you. Everything you need to be happy is already within you, waiting to be discovered. Unlimited happiness and fulfillment can be yours. Unlock the door to undiscovered treasure by building an attitude of gratitude. This law of life is brought to you by Unity. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.